Hey everyone, thanks for watching. We are super excited that you're here. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and hit that follow button for great content for agents, homeowners, and buyers looking to get started on their journey towards homeownership. Let's get started. So today we're going to talk about running a proactive versus a reactive business. One thing that we do when agents onboard on our team and we start to get to know them a little bit more is talking about the difference between running around, reacting to everything that's coming at you or being proactive with your calendar, setting good boundaries and making sure that you're in the most productive zone um, that you can be at all times. We like to call this our daily productivity rhythms. This is a great question to ask. What does a typical day in my calendar look like? Am I being proactive? Am I being, uh, am I being reactive? And a lot of the things that will be covered today are going to challenge a lot of assumptions and sort of uh, accepted orthodoxies about running a successful real estate business. Um, so, uh, before we dive in, you know, uh, when we talk to people, like, have you heard, had the comment, you know, I'm at this family function, you know, a client calls me, I'm going to drop everything. I'm just going to go to the other room and write this offer. I'm at my cousin's niece's wedding and, you know, someone said, oh, I need to see, see a home in two hours or it's not going to work for me and, and you leave. Or maybe you're just, you know, putting your kids down to bed, responding to texts, not even being really aware of how much, uh, uh, how much stress is being put on you by constantly reacting to everything that's coming at you. So hopefully you get a little bit out of this video and uh, you can put some things in place to help bring a little bit more calm into your world, which will hopefully brings a lot more calm to your business and to your family and to your friends and to yourself. One of the first things that we do, which is going to sound a little unorthodox, is we help our agents not answer their phone all the time. So this is a huge thing, you know, I'm sure that you've heard, you know, I have my phone on 24 seven, text me anytime, pick up that phone. You never know when a client is going to call and need you. Now, if you choose to believe that, which is a choice, you know, have you ever been driving to an appointment? Maybe you're in between showings, the phone rings, you pick it up and it's someone who says, Hey, I need to see this house in two hours. They called you from maybe a realtor.ca lead or maybe one of your Facebook advertising or something. That person could be a legitimate client. It could be a legitimate lead. Now ask yourself this, if you are in between showings and you only have 10 minutes to talk to someone, is that going to be a productive conversation? How much of in-depth can you go into their needs and wants? Are you going to be able to discern if they have a property to sell? Maybe they're getting separated. Maybe they've just lost their job. Maybe there's some kind of, uh, something going on in their world that is causing them to need to see this house in two hours. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that someone who is a highly motivated, qualified, ready and able client who is seeking professional help would leave a message? Most people do. Most people do. And the message that you're looking for is like this. Uh, hey, Greg, my name's Jim. I saw your listing over at 123 Main Street. I'd love to speak with you about getting a showing. Uh, looking forward to speaking with you soon. Versus a message that sounds like this. Hi, I saw the house. I need to see it. Click. Now, this gives you an opportunity to convert both of those clients, potential clients, prospects uh, by providing value, but doing them the service of making sure that you're in a space where you can sit down, ask them the questions that they need, determine if they have a house to sell, see if they need financing, get an idea of their unique needs and wants so you can help them at a higher level versus reacting to a phone call when you're in between showings. So what we generally recommend is to time block time to respond to those inbound calls that have come in for like high value clients. Now, we also coach people, to let them know that the highest quality possible lead that you can receive is the inbound seller lead. This is the gold standard. Typically these come from realtor.ca. These are the best or an office page. Someone says, Hey, I've checked you out online. 
I'd like to speak with you about selling my house. Those are kind of the drop everything leads. You're not going to know this because they're going to call you and leave a message. They're going to email you or they're going to leave the phone. Now, if you're going on showings, you can clearly email them back right away and say, Hey, you know, I'm in the middle of appointments right now. Thank you very much for reaching out. Propose a time. How does 5 p.m. work? How does 5.30 work? Would tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. work? Start that dialogue right away. And if you're fortunate enough to have a team around you or built around you, you can always leverage that out to your uh, support staff. Maybe there's another agent on your team that can handle that call very, very quickly. Because obviously, getting back to somebody quickly is important, but not necessarily stopping everything that you're doing at the expense. Now, I'd love to share a story with you guys about this anecdote, uh, you know, where we take that inbound seller lead, which is the gold standard, where you're at an appointment. So uh, I was at a client's house. Typically, we visit a client's house before photos happen. We want to make sure that the staging looks great, the lighting looks great, you know, that the cleaners did a great job. There's no stone unturned. So uh, it was a weekend. I was at a client's house, a very nice elderly client. And um, there was an office page from someone who came in and said, hey, we'd love to speak with you about uh, about selling our house. And, uh, there was about half an hour before the photographer was coming. So I was able to get this person on the phone and say, you know, Hey Dave, I really appreciate the call. I'm just at a client's house right now, uh, waiting for the photographer. We just finished staging it. I'd love to have a high level conversation with you. Uh, that's a little bit longer than the time I have now because we are busy at another client's house. Uh, do you have half an hour after three o'clock today that we could block off to chat together? And Dave was super appreciated of this. It showed that A, we don't just drop everything and, uh, and call them and, you know, push the clients that we're currently working with off. It showed them that we respected his time too and made sure that it worked for him. And he appreciated that when we had that time blocked, we knew that he would be the sole focus because this is something that your clients will feel too. If you're on a listing appointment or a buyer consultation or with showings and you're sending text messages saying, oh, just a minute, I have to get this and going to the other rooms, your clients want to know that they're the number one priority when you're choosing to give them that time. And when you do this, you attract excellent clients and the job becomes a lot more fun rather than just running a reactive business where you're constantly responding to demands of people that you don't even really know. These are just inquiries from the internet. So this practice does work. Uh, it's very well and it's quite empowering to agents and beneficial to your clients as well. So to summarize step one, don't answer your phone. Don't be reactive. Set aside time. Your clients will appreciate it. They will understand and appreciate that when you are working with them, you are not going to skip, push them to the side and take something else on when you should be focused on just them. It'll be more beneficial for you. The, uh, the calmness will come and they will feel comfortable and knowing that you're uh, taking care of their best interests. It's beneficial for you and it's beneficial for your clients. So once an agent comes onto the team and is comfortable managing their calendar um, and being less reactive, we put a large emphasis on prioritizing lead generation and prioritizing that commitment that you made to yourself um, to be in that productive space to make sure that you're generating business and helping your clients and helping your family with the income that you're producing from those activities. So kind of part two, once you've learned to stop being reactive to everything that's coming at you all the time is to protect your lead generation time. So typically we found with our productivity rhythms that the best time to, for dedicated lead generation activities is in the morning. When you come in, we have our morning power up and then we generally look for focused lead gen time for three hours afterwards. And you know, with the use of technology and our tech stack and our dialer, you can get a lot done in that time. So what does that look like? Um, it is not responding to emails if the refrigerator in the home, in the basement is included. 
It is not letting people know that, yes, they can have their second revisit on the house on Sunday. That is for afternoon. Uh, you know, do those administrative tasks in the afternoon, or once again, if you are on a team or have a team or you're fortunate enough to have built a team around you, uh, you can have other people handle that while you're having the most conversations possible. Typically, this is the time when chaos starts to insert itself. You know, you know, maybe the kids were late for drop off at school. Maybe someone says, I need a call back on this subject immediately right now. And there are things that do genuine, genuinely happen during that time, you know, somebody gets seriously ill in the family, there's something wrong at school. But it's important to be able to discern, you know, a truly urgent need that needs to be dealt with immediately that is going to put that time that you committed to yourself in jeopardy or something that is, you know, relatively small, can wait three hours. It's possible. It may even work itself out. And when you start to look at things that way, uh, you'd be surprised when you let things go and you defer it a little bit longer, how often people will just solve the problem themselves or they'll wait or they'll understand that, you know, you respond to things later in the day that are of an administrative nature. And this is not something that you do in the morning. And a great thing to do, we coach our agents, hey, let your clients know that that's what you're doing in the morning. They're going to appreciate that. Let them know, hey, you know what? Your listing is one of the most important things to me. It's a listing that that we've chosen to work on together. Uh, in the mornings between nine and 12, that is my dedicated lead generation time where I am on the phone trying to find a buyer for your listing. So if you send me an email or a text or a phone call during that time, you're likely not going to hear from me until the afternoon. Say the same things to your buyer clients. If you have a buyer who wants to see, who sends you a list of homes that they want to see later on that day, let them know, Hey, you know, in the mornings, I'm calling people, seeing if I can find a listing that'll suit your needs as a buyer. If you send me an email or a text or a phone call, you know, you're likely not going to hear from me until the afternoon because during that time I'm working for you to try to find a home that suits your needs that may not be available yet. We may just be one phone call away from finding that great house. So you're not going to hear from me in the mornings. Uh, now on our team, we have uh, support staff that takes care of that for our agents. So they're monitoring all of our emails for, you know, just listed homes that suit their needs. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a conditional home that they had their eye on that fell apart. We are very, very proactive about that. And we have people that can look at that for you. Once you get that infrastructure in place, you are able to then dedicate that time and focus on your prospecting activities. Uh, let, so the chaos level goes down. You know that somebody else is taking care of that for you. And if something true, truly urgent comes up, then you're able to deal with it in a calm and professional manner. So once we've taken a look at those first two priorities, which is, you know, learning to not answer your phone immediately and prioritizing time to get back to those inbound leads. And then number two, protecting your lead generation time and communicating that to your clients that that time is protected for you and for them to make sure that you're working uh, in their best possible interest at all times. The third thing to do to run a proactive business versus a reactive business is to decide what lead generation tool you would like to work on and to give yourself enough time to master it. Once you've decided to give yourself permission to focus on one thing for a long time, it's very, very liberating. You know, in this business, the real estate business, there is a lot of uh, shiny object syndrome that can bring chaos into the mix. You know, as realtors, we see ads all the time for, you know, this is the greatest sales system. It only costs $10,000. Come to this workshop and learn the greatest language of sales ever. Uh, you know, let's start doing a postcard campaign and follow that up with door knocking. Let's blanket the entire neighborhood with flyers. Uh, let's uh, learn the best Facebook targeting system, you know, Google SEO courses. We all get sucked into this stuff, you know, scrolling on our phone, seeing what everybody else is doing. But magic really starts to happen when you commit to one 
thing that you are going to master over a period of time. So, you know, my recommendation would be to focus on something for one month. And if you don't think that you are focused enough to be able to handle one month of one thing, try for two weeks. If you can't do two weeks, try one week. If you can't do one week, try one day. If you can't do one day, try one hour. But once you get a practice, because this is a practice of focusing on one thing for a dedicated amount of time, it becomes uh, very addictive because you'll start to see projects. One of my favorite quotes is uh, that success happens when you do the right things in the right order consistently. So giving yourself permission to do the right things in the right order consistently will produce success. Small incremental improvements over time do yield success. And this is part of being proactive. So when you get into the business or you join a team, uh, the first thing you should absolutely do is engage your sphere of the people who know, like, and trust you. You know, let them know that you've joined this team. Your team will have uh, scripts and dialogues. You'll have the benefit of learning the tech stack that you're going to use with your team as well. Now, one thing that is really, really fun and really, really productive to do is, you know, you should have a very, very strong buyer presentation and listing presentation with uh, with the team that you choose to join. Typically, some brokerages will have them. You should definitely do your own. Um, you know, Place has fantastic, fantastic, best in class uh, buyer and listing presentations. I am a little biased, so you can uh, you know take that how you want to. But one of the best things you can do when you're talking to your sphere is say, hey, you know what I'd love to do with you is practice my buyer presentation with you. Would Tuesday at six or Wednesday at nine work for you? Same thing goes for listing presentations. And you should do this with people who you know are going to be incredibly supportive so you get that positive feedback loop right away. Um, this isn't something to do with you know someone that you casually meet at a party who always seems annoyed when you're talking to them that you're not really connecting with. This is someone who's always loved and supported your business uh, and your vision for the world that you want to create uh, around yourself and the people that you care about. So engaging your sphere this way is incredibly empowering. And when you do that for one month, um, the next thing uh, typically that people move on to as newer agents is open houses. It gives you an opportunity to practice your scripts and dialogues with clients in the field. You're having real estate conversations. You can meet the neighbors. You're starting to hear the same things over and over again. And if you do an open house every Saturday and Sunday for three hours, you know, uh, you are going to learn a lot about real estate uh, in a great amount of time. And when you stack those together, the experience with people, your sphere, open houses, people actively looking at houses, once that is done, moving on to prospecting. So that is phone calls around a listing, responding to internet leads, making sure that you have a system in the back end that is provided to you by your team or on your CRM that will uh, allow you to grow your business. So with agents, uh, once, once a newer agent has kind of started to master the uh, sphere, the open houses and the prospecting and has started doing a, uh, a steady stream of business, if, if an agent hasn't had the benefit of being on a team and hasn't had the benefit of seeing tried and true methods that lead to success, typically things start getting difficult after two years. Usually agents focus on just their sphere, repeat and referrals. Have you ever said this to yourself? You know, I don't need to lead generate. I don't need to make phone calls, prospect host, open houses. My business is based on repeat and referral. This is a very, very common orthodoxy in the business where you don't have to worry about anything. Everything just happens with repeat and referral. It's great. The phone rings, everybody wins. Why would I want more business? I'm happy with where I'm at. These are things that we are taught before we are salespeople uh, at a very, very young age. So, you know, if you're great, the business will just come to you. You don't have to go out and get it. Um, this is a myth. You do have to go out and get it, but that doesn't mean that you're doing things that are unethical, that you're not listening to your client's best interests. 
all you are doing is providing value. People are understanding that you are the real estate professional that will help them accomplish their goal of home ownership. So typically after two years, the repeat and the furrows start to become a little less frequent for an agent, especially when they're on their own. Someone gets into a house, especially in the environment that we're on now, home prices are rising. Instead of moving every five years, people are moving every seven, every eight years. So that repeat and referral business starts to shrink. So how do you get more business? This is when you need to focus on other levers of lead generation. Make sure that you're prioritizing your time for that lead generation and running a proactive, not a reactive business. So ask yourself, okay, I have a lot of repeat and referral business. Where did my other source of business come from? Typically, this is about an 80-20 split. So a newer agent who is not on a team just doing solo production for their first two years will have all repeat and referral from Sphere. What is that other 20%? Did it come from the open houses that you hosted? Did it come from a business to business referral? Did it come from uh, an event? Did it come from online leads? Are you just a complete wizard at talking to people on the phone with online leads? Maybe you have the best email templates that were ever there, that were ever created. We don't know, but whatever that remaining 20% is, I would encourage you to look at that and say, hey, you know what? 80% of my business is repeat and referral. 20% actually came from open houses. Okay, cool. Uh, 20% actually came from networking events. Let's say it's open houses. I would try to bump that up significantly, double it. What am I doing at my open houses that is working? What are people responding to well? What kind of questions am I asking that are getting people to engage and say, hey, you know what, this is the person that can help us accomplish our goal of home ownership. Or maybe it's a home seller who's saying, hey, this person at this open house is really knocking it out of the park. Look at this incredible merch that they're having. They're asking me great questions. They figured out that I'm a neighbor. Maybe that's the guy that I want standing in my house when I'm selling it. So these are great questions to ask yourself uh, once the sphere, once that initial rush of uh, repeat and referral business and sphere business runs out, what is that remaining um, remaining lead gen lever that you, you know, we're doing maybe not at a conscious level. So you can look at that very, very proactively and increase that percentage of transactions in your business. Now, when this all starts working together in harmony, this should lead to a steady stream of business of two to four closings per month minimum for your real estate career. And that is the pathway to a happy, healthy, and successful real estate career of Work-life balance, you want to see your family and friends, you're not stepping out of, uh, you know, your kid's birthday party to talk to someone who clicked on an ad on the internet, protecting your lead generation time and having fun while you're doing it. And then number three, that leads to contracts. You're not worried that you're going to run out of money uh, as you're doing these activities. So hopefully you found this all helpful, proactive versus reactive. Let me know in the comments what you think. Are you running more of a proactive business? Are you running more of a reactive business? What comes into your world that causes chaos, that causes you to be a little bit derailed? What kind of uh, landmines uh, do you step on? I mean, maybe consciously or subconsciously that may sabotage uh, the best and most productive worth in your world. And as always, thanks for watching. Looking forward to the next one. And I uh, can't wait to see you again soon.